Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck. Still tall, not stuck Thompson. With me as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know. Also, the the most might be the most nervous person I've ever met in my life. You think? But he's still my best friend, Mr. Not, Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Wall Thurston. I'm not Wall Nathaniel Wall Thurston. Nathaniel Wall Thurston. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. What I are am, you nervous about today? I'm nervous because we are flying to South Dakota for Freedom Fest today, and yes. I I hate flying, and I hate it to the to the. I'm terrified of flying to the point that I assume I'm going to die. You're anxious about other people flying. Yes. Even. Other I, people we're going to talk about today. Uh, yeah. You were I was so nervous n- this morning. I was morning. nervous this morning. You got here. I woke up. With at, nerves. I woke up at four this morning, just refreshing the link, waiting for the yeah. Blue Origin thing to go live. And I was so nervous when it was happening. I was like, oh my God. Because you know what would have happened if it would have gone poorly. And by poorly, I mean if it would have gone down. So many people would have expressed so much joy on the internet that i would have had to quit yeah. everything they'd have been like good take his money yeah i know it, it would have been Nate, really if you bad. were single and you had like a dating profile it would say i'm nate and i wear my nerves on my sleeve <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that nervous it's okay and I'm, I'm, I'm also nervous about the fact that i'm gonna have to interact with people for the next few mm. days so that's you're interviewing tough. people like dave rubin so i know you're real nervous about that yeah nervous about that we I'm got like, nate he's just a dude he's just, just a, dude. a dude i'm nate and i are polar opposites i fear and get nervous about almost nothing yeah almost nothing unless it was like i don't know skydiving i'd probably be nervous about that uh going up in a rocket i'd probably be nervous about that but just about anything else like it, nothing somehow bothers me and nate's that's why we I think that's why we have such a good show. I know. It's a good balance. We mix the two together. So mm. today it is a little bit shorter show because we have all these things we have to do. This is, by the way, the Good Morning Liberty Podcast, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on your phone and get these brand new episodes sent directly from space. Charlie, you know who else went to space today? Just like the subscribe and follow button. I sure as hell do, Nate. Yeah, go ahead with that first one right there. Jeff's Bezos. <laughs> and three Was others. That a, is that what you think the rocket is? Is yes. it a is it a copy of Jeff's Bezos? Probably. Okay. Um, I'm surprised. You know, a carbon copy. Everyone's been making fun of it. I'm surprised no one's called it a crotch rocket yet. <laughs> you just did. Okay, there we go. And three others land safely after flight to space with Blue Origin. Jeff Bezos and three other passengers took flight with the space company Blue Origin on Tuesday morning, launching high above West Texas. It's Blue Origin's first human flight and a major technical milestone for the company as it focuses on bringing suborbital, suborbital space flight to more people in the future. Bezos was joined by his brother Mark, the company's first paying customer, 18-year-old Oliver Damon. So his brother had to pay. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. And pioneering aviator Wally Funk, one of the women that passed the Mercury astronauts test in 1960s. Funk is now the oldest person ever to fly to space, and Damon is the youngest. Congrats to those two. 
and Bezos and his brother, I guess. The yeah. new Shepard is designed to autonomously send its passengers on a ride to space without the need for a pilot with the craft. That's pretty cool. See, we've had space pilot displacement in the space pilot industry. So exactly. now we don't have to pay. Those. There's good been thing, a mismanagement of the... Good thing there's not a space pilot's union. <laughs> right. <laughs> Quote, we set out to design this vehicle for anybody, not professional astronauts, anybody with very little training, and that is a very hard problem. Gary Lai, the senior director of the New Shepard design team, said during the launch webcast. And yes, we have succeeded, and I would put my own kids on that vehicle. Okay. Put your own kids on there. Okay. It's been a pretty wild suborbital summer. Bezos' flight comes after Richard Branson flew, uh, beat him out to suborbital space with his own company, Virgin Galactic, although not going near as high. Mm -hmm. Bezos went about 10 miles higher. About 10 miles higher, I think. The two companies, 7 to 10. I want to say it was 55 and 62. Something like that. The two companies are now working to start flying more paying customers to space and back again. Yes, but it's not clear how much of a market there is for these kind of flights. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Not much of a market. And the two companies haven't yet revealed how much their tickets will cost for customers in, interested in purchasing. And sure, it's going to be an absorbent amount. They're, they're aiming on things being about 500 grand as their kind of sweet spot that they're, that they're looking for. Middle class tickets. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. You could either... For 11 minutes of flight time, by the way. You get a mortgage on your space flight if you want to do that. It's a depreciating asset pretty quickly, about 11 minutes. But hey, it might be worth it. You know, they, they, they talk about how expensive it is. It was obviously, I think it was $28 million for the ticket that was paid for, $28 million. Obviously, no one can afford this. But the point is, eventually, this is going to become cheaper. I think they will get it down to less than, less than half a million dollars. It, a long time from now. It's not going to be right now. But there will be more companies that come into the space. There will be more companies doing this, and this has a lot of really good repercussions throughout the economy because things like what Elon Musk wants to do, which is, by the way, do 30-minute flights from one side of the world to the other, they're going to be able to do things like this that are going to be amazing, amazing for people, really good for business, stuff like that. So, congrats yeah, you imagine to going to China in 30 minutes? Oh, man. would be sick. I wouldn't need a first-class seat. No. Because I wouldn't be on the plane for 18 hours. Charlie wouldn't do this thing because all the seats are the same. He wouldn't be able to get a seat that's better than the other people that are on there. Well, what's your carry-on limit? I'm not sure about that. (laughs) So, obviously, a lot of people are upset about this. Very upset. Reason had a good piece on this. Um, People don't like it when you do things with your own money. That, that, that they don't want you to do with your own money. And of course, Bezos, instead of trying to get people in the space, could have solved world hunger or could have solved all of the world's problems with whatever amount of money they've arbitrarily decided he could have solved it with that I'm sure the government hasn't already spent on that problem times 100. But anyway, Bezos, Branson, and the billionaire funded race to make space a bargain. From reason here, billionaires launching themselves skyward on their own dime has occasioned a bitter debate about income inequality and whether the government should be taking more of their wealth through taxation. That's what you see. When you see people using their money, you think, you know what? I should get armed people to take that money from them. Uh, through force under the threat of imprisonment or death. That is what you think. That's what I automatically think when I see stuff like this. Quote from Bernie Sanders. Here on Earth, in the richest country on the planet, half our people live paycheck to paycheck, complained Bernie Sanders. 
But hey, the richest guys in the world are off in outer space. Yes, it's time to tax the billionaires. The anger. Not bad. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. Especially on billionaires. <laughs> the anger directed at Bezos, Branson, and Elon Musk stands in striking contrast to the high approval. Long enjoyed by NASA. This is a really good point. It's, they say it stands in striking contrast to the high approval long enjoyed by NASA. Even though the space agency spent the better part of the last decade unable to get humans off planet <laughs> at all, while still soaking up billions in taxpayer dollars. But nobody talks about that. I've seen cost. people talk about Bezos. People talk about Musk and Branson. By the way, NASA's yearly budget right now is $23.3 billion per year. That means in the last nine years, NASA has used the entire net wealth of Jeff Bezos doing next to nothing. And just continuously pushing back their deadlines. Well, there's some and smart people for, there. I mean, yeah, it's not like yeah. you know, but they literally have accomplished mm -hmm. nothing. We essentially have a space regulatory agency that we are funding for twenty three point yeah. three billion dollars a year. That's uh, not even including what Space Force is funded. On. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Quote from uh, Representative Rokana said: "Should billionaires play out their space travel fantasies, or should we invest in schooling, provide health care?" And create prosperity for everyone. Watch, she'll be one of the, you know, first thousand people that go up there. <laughs> so if the, <laughs> if the billionaires use their own money to go to space, then we could have used that to uh, fix schooling and health care and prosperity. We could have provided prosperity for everyone. But the $23.3 .3 billion that NASA spends every single year, totes fine. Totes fine. You know why? Because <laughs> it was taken with a gun. Yeah. That's, that's okay. No cap. The irony, well, they go on to talk about this, the irony is that NASA takes our money without our consent to finance a space program that no ordinary citizen could ever hope to access. Yet when Branson, Musk, and Bezos spend their own wealth with the explicit goal of one day selling ever cheaper tickets to all comers, that's when congressmen get grumpy. And that is the point. You know, there's, it's not as if NASA is sitting here saying, hey, civilians, all you guys want to go up in the space? We'll let you go up in the space. No, it's it's uh, whichever Air Force pilots had the most dirt on someone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's probably not the criteria, but I imagine it's something like that. There's every reason to believe the, democrat the democratization of space travel is upon us. Bezos, Branson, and Musk have already delivered on that promise in other sectors, unless the government manages to screw things up, which I'm sure they are trying their ever-loving best to do. Following the pattern of commercial air travel in the 20th century, which was a novelty for billionaire a novelty for billionaires today may well be accessible to the ordinary rich and then the middle class soon enough. And that's what I wanted to mention earlier when you said, well, there's no market for this, it's too expensive. That was the case with every new invention. We went through all these the other day. Air travel, cars, now space, phones, computers, TVs, TVs, everything. Air conditioning. By the way, I, I saw Joe mention TV, so I pulled it up. The first flat screen TV was sold for $15,000 in 1997. Woo! $15,000 in today's money from 1997 is about $25,392. Mm. So keeping up with inflation, that's what your flat screen TV should cost. With the same technology, by yeah. the way. Twenty-five grand for a TV. Now you can get a 4K smart TV, probably 6K smart TV, for 100 bucks at Walmart. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's true. They're crazy. Especially cheap. around Black Friday or Cyber Monday. It's, Look at it's computers. Insanity. You're talking tens of thousands of dollars for computers also. And the bigger room they needed, the better they were. Yeah. You know? Well, you're not even counting the room and the power that they <laughs> <Yeah>. consumed. I mean, <laughs> it's insanity. 
And the billionaires are also taking a long-term view. One day, the capacity to get off planet cheaply and at scale could be humanity's salvation. But what they want or envision isn't what really matters. Just as bubble wrap was invented to be wallpaper and Listerine was for cleaning floors, that's good to know, consumers will decide where the private space industry ultimately leads. Bezos, Branson, Musk, and others have overtaken a wildly expensive, ineffective government program and built a competitive industry, driving down the cost of getting a kilogram into low Earth orbit by 44-fold already. Mm. Which billionaire goes to space first? How high he flies? How big the rocket is? Or how no, much how big his rocket is. How big, <laughs> how big his rocket is, that's good. Or how much of his income went to taxes last year, none of that matters. What matters is what the rest of us are going to do with access to those same spacecraft and bigger, better, and weirder ones in the years to come. Mm-mm-mm. That is good stuff. Now, Charlie, I pulled up, uh, I pulled up a few responses. Actually, you can, if you want to read the next one, I'll do this, these tweets real quick, which I just realized as I started talking, I forgot to put up on the actual screen but i i went through cnn's post about this and of course all the comments are exactly what you would imagine they were it was all these tweets here um yeah so i'm gonna let's see i'm putting them up on the screen real quick yeah go ahead and read them so from brad nielsen he says think how many people he could have fed or roads and bridges he could have built (laughs) it's the same old story folks as if mr brad would be a benevolent what do you call a philanthropist mm-hmm. as he would just walk down the streets of New York, throwing hundreds at everyone that he walks by time for change tweeted. What a horrible and irresponsible waste of fuel and greenhouse gas contribution. <laughs> now that's actually not true when it comes to Bezos. I have a story about that right after this. Yeah. It was all hydrogen. Yeah. Johnny online says we just found out a few weeks ago. These billionaires don't pay federal taxes. Okay, so they don't pay federal taxes, folks. Inside of those, inside of those three that Charlie just read, those are all misinformation posts, by the mm, way. They should be taken down Complete immediately. Complete misinformation. Except for, okay, could he have fed, could he have taken the money and fed people? Or could he have built a road or a bridge? I guess that's true. You could take that money and do that. But remember, you're talking about the amount of money that the government would spend in a couple days, more than likely. Um, what the what his brother paid to go on the flight twenty eight million. Uh, that is two and a half hours worth of time for the government, right there. Two and a half hours worth of expenditures for the government. Remember their infrastructure bill that Bernie's pushing right now is three point five trillion dollars. Trillion with a T. Okay, so I don't think they really know how much money is actually being spent on this and how much money is being spent by the government. A thousand billion, by the way. It's a lot. Times three. A lot of quiche. 3,500 billion. The third one said, we just found out a few weeks ago these billionaires don't pay federal taxes. This is why going over that story from ProPublica was so important. You didn't find out that billionaires don't pay taxes. You found out that Jeff Bezos went Two years without paying taxes and two years where he reported that he had no income. Now, going two years where you didn't owe any federal income taxes is a very different statement from saying these people don't pay taxes. That is a lie. That is misinformation. All right, everyone, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, BetterHelp. On this show, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And it's really hard to pursue that meaning if there's something getting in the way. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. This 
is an app. It's a site. You can download it. You can go to the website and they will connect you with the therapist after they ask you a few questions. That way they can pair you with the person that works best for you. And if you don't want that person, you can get another one, okay? Connect in their safe and private online environment. Super convenient, way more convenient than actually going to an office somewhere, sitting in the waiting area and talking to someone in person. You can do it. This is great for people that are really busy. This is not just a self-help thing. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than the traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Service is available, by the way, for clients that are worldwide. So all you guys listening all the way around the world, they are there for you. If you are dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, something in your relationship, trouble sleeping, some trauma, are you mad about something, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, anything like that, BetterHelp has got someone for you. Remember, it is confidential, super convenient, professional, affordable. If you don't believe me, you can go and check out the testimonials posted daily on their website. And remember, please remember, this is not a crisis line. All right, I want you guys to start living a happier life today. As a listener of this show, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com gml. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health again. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash gml. And now back to the show. Okay, so we're going to have to report this to the Department of Mis- Misinformation mm-hmm. right quick. You can't allow misinformation on these things. The, they are spreading tax misinformation, and it's going to kill people, mm-hmm. honestly. And then the other one, Charlie, what he's going to read about real quick, what a horrible and irresponsible waste of fuel and greenhouse gas contribution. Now, what does this article from Live Science say about that, Charles? All right, here we go. How much will Jeff Bezos' new Shepard rocket warm the planet? <laughs> How much pollution is Jeff Bezos going to generate during this trip to space? It turns out that when it comes to adding greenhouse gases to the atmosphere, Blue Origin's new Shepard rocket should be among the cleanest launch vehicles around, though climate change concerns from suborbital spacecraft could increase as similar flights take off in the near future. Rockets aren't exactly green technology, and their overall environmental impact is still being studied. The vast majority of launches produces things like water vapor. Carbon dioxide, that's the real dangerous stuff, Mm. soot and aluminum oxides, depending on what type of fuel they use, according to a helpful explainer from the website Everyday Astronaut, which covers different aspects of spaceflight. New Shepard is combining liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen in its engine to generate thrust, meaning the main emissions will be water and some minor combustion products and virtually no CO2, said Darren Tui, atmospheric scientist at the University of Colorado. Now, do you think it's worth it for me to post this article on that guy's comment? He won't read it. No. And he'll probably come up with some other reason that, mm-hmm. that he's upset about that. Virtually no CO2. Yeah. None of that carbon, baby. Now, now, I pulled up a video from Bezos talking about his vision for the future with this. And this is really my main point with this whole conversation, Charles. Something they said in here, and something some of the other people said, they said rockets aren't exactly green technology. Their overall environmental impact is still being studied. And so people on the, let's just say the left, or people who think more collectivist, socialist mindsets, they don't think into the future about things. 
They think about this right here, here and now. They think about it with wealth. Here's the amount of wealth that there is. So we need to separate this out and spread it out between everyone, especially my friends. And they don't think about, okay, well, what could this rocket do in the future that could actually help the environment? Because that's actually Bezos's plan for this. And they don't get that. This is why you need someone with a long-term investment mindset to actually be running things. This is why you can't have people who look at something and they say, this has to be solved right now. Here's a stack of money. I'm going to solve it right now. And then it's gone. I'll, I'll solve hunger right now by doing this. I'll solve homelessness right now by giving this money to these people. They don't think into the future. They don't think about how you can actually build something sustainable, which is why these, these civilizations that are based off of this always end up failing. I know we've never had a real one. Mm. But this, this is why they always end up failing. So I brought up this, uh, this video of Bezos talking about his, a little bit of his vision for the future, and I just wanted to play a, a couple-minute clip of this real quick. Stasis would be very bad, I think. Now, take the alternative scenario where you move out into the solar system. The solar system can easily support a trillion humans. And if we had a trillion humans we would have a thousand Einsteins and a thousand Mozarts and unlimited for all practical purposes, resources from solar power and so on. Why not? That's, I, that's the world that I want my great-grandchildren's great-grandchildren to live in. And by the way, I believe that we will move all heavy, in that time frame, we will move all heavy industry off of Earth and Earth will be zoned residential and light industry. And it will basically be a very beautiful planet. We have sent robotic probes to every planet in this solar system now. And believe me, this is the best one. But when can it I is buy the not even close. But Jeff, when can I buy the first ticket to do a little space We're going to be, so the, the. Okay. That's a, that's a hell of a vision. That's a, that is a vision. And for that to actually happen, you have to take the first steps towards doing that. By the way, the spacecraft today was called the first step. It was like oh. USS first step or something like that. There we go. You've got to take the first steps towards doing this. If he has to sell tickets and have tourists going up in the space to finance this, he said that Amazon was the way that he was going. He knew that Amazon was a funding vehicle. This is how he looks at the company. It is a funding vehicle for his space projects. And this tourism aspect is going to be a funding vehicle for his long-term goals for actually harvesting all the energy off of the planet. Now contrast that with a lot of people saying, well, this is terrible for the environment. That rocket going up there is terrible for the environment. This is why you can't have this mindset running things. Mm -hmm. Because they don't think into the future. They don't think even a year into the future. Well, look at their finances. They're like, oh, well, that's a lot of money to be spending whatever. You know what? You have to spend a little bit of money to make some money. Like That's, that's just the way it goes. People have a poor mindset not only... A long time fu future, but it's also financial. There's so much poor mindset where it's like, oh, we could have used that money for this or that or whatever. The best thing you can do with money is get rid of it into investments. Mm -hmm. It's the best thing you can do. And that's exactly what Bezos is doing. He's using Amazon. He invested his blood, sweat, and tears. He calls it his winnings from Amazon, by the way. He's right. putting his winnings from Amazon into space. I believe he takes a billion a year every single year and puts it in Blue Origin, right? Mm -hmm. That's something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is incredible and you, 
you have to shift your mindset to understand those types of things. That's why most people who win the lottery go broke in a couple of years. It, it, it takes people with that long-term mindset to do these things, and everyone thinks they're crazy when they did it. What's that famous Henry Ford quote? If I would have asked the people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. It, it, that's, exactly, that's exactly the mindset that you have, to get, you have to get through. You have to make it through, because if Henry Ford would have said, hey, what do you guys want? They would have said faster horses. They wouldn't have said, I want this machine that I can't even imagine. And, and then, of course, it was too expensive when it first came out. Only the rich people could get one. And so there's no way, there's no reason for him to even do this whatsoever. People were saying in the, in the early 1900s that people would never fly. They would never do commercial space flight, or space flight, air, air travel around the, around the world. That there's no way it would ever be affordable, that it would ever be big enough for people to use. You can't let people with this short-term, a week ahead, a day ahead mindset be running things. And I'm not even saying that Jeff Bezos should be running things. I'm saying he should be free to do the investments with his money that he wants, whatever He's he wants to do. Free to go broke building and launching rockets if he wants to be. Exactly. And now... He's got like a 200-year time horizon. Folks. That's what he was talking about right, right. there. And I, because he talked about that like three minutes before that. It wasn't mm -hmm. included in that clip. But that is what he was talking about right there. So the last thing we'll mention, just a little bit of early dumb bleep here, because I don't know how the show is going to go this week. We have a lot of stuff going on this week. I don't know what the internet's going to be like, if we'll be able to stream live from there or not. I'm not going to know until we get there. We're, not, we're just not going to know until we get there and see how fast it is. So a little bit of early. Uh, from Vice.com, voting rights activists are planning a Selma-style march in Texas. That is how bad this new law is. It, it's just like Selma. Actually, they're going to make movies about it. That's, that's how bad this is. Mm -hmm. A Selma-style march for voting rights is planned next week in Texas after weeks of activism in the state and across the nation to pass measures to protect access to voting. We've had all these restrictions passed, and we have to do that because they're, they're trying to take away the right to vote. You, you can just tell they're mm -hmm. trying to take away people's right to vote. Reverend William, Dr. William Barber, co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign, told Vice News that his organization is leading a Selma to Montgomery-style four-day march from Georgetown, Texas, to the State House in Austin. <laughs> We've got to start understanding that the attack on voting rights is an attack on the possibility of democracy. That's what they're doing. They're just taking away the actual vote. It's going to be all just dictatorships mm -hmm. all over the place. The Texas march will tie into a summer of nonviolent action. Hey, I'm in, in support of that. Let's do that. That the Poor People's Campaign is organized as they advocate for progressive initiatives like voting rights, a $15 minimum wage, and the end of the filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, you, you talked about this the other day. You even called out Republicans, like... Getting rid of this rule will not play out well for the Democrats when, when the Republicans are in control. Don't forget, Trump had control for all of 2016, 17, and 18, okay, mm -hmm. until the elections in 18, when he lost the House. But he had full White House, House, Senate. I believe they have, did they have 60 in the Senate? Was it right at 60? I, I can't so. remember. It was something like that. And they still didn't appeal. They still, they still they didn't, didn't repeal. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they still couldn't get anything done. But still. Uh, for Barbara, the attacks on voting rights in state houses across the country, that's what they are. They're attacks on voting rights. <laughs> Asking, uh, 
Yeah. Across the country constitute an attack on all Americans. He says it's not race or class, it's race and class. All right, that what? was catchy. Good job. I'm not sure it makes sense, but the rhymes are both verbs. Mm. <laughs> We're not just talking to the state house. We're there to say to Congress, we need congressional help. We need federal movement. Barber added, the only way to the only way for that is through the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. The For the People Act, a sweeping legislative attempt to standardize elections and overhaul the campaign finance system, recently failed to advance because the Republican senators did not send it to a vote. It failed to make it out of the committee, I believe. Barber says the passage of the two major federal voting rights bills is not either or. We're not looking for a carve out. We're looking for an end to the filibuster, period, except in cases where all of us want to refuse to vote on something that we don't like. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll fly to D.C. Yeah. This is our season of escalation. Oh, good. 2021 is going to be a season of escalation. Finally. How ridiculous is this? Here's the, here's the thing. You guys know that Selma, what they were protesting was actual Jim Crow laws. Actual restrictions on the right to vote. Not, not requiring people to prove that they were who they were. They're not saying that, oh... But this is Jim Crow, well, probably 3.0 now. Yeah, this right. is so much worse. Require, and by the way, this, the ID is for doing mail-in voting, something that they didn't even have widespread before the most recent elections. But you have to have an ID. Or if you don't have an ID, you can put down the last four of your social security number. Restrictions. Yeah. This is just like literally uh, literacy tests. Well, if I don't have a social taxes. security number, how am I going to vote? No, yeah, that's true. Um, hardly anyone in the U.S. has issued a social security number. That that just doesn't really happen. And you can't find your card. Very di very difficult to get one replaced. But just imagine you are you. We are led to believe that requiring either an ID or the last four of your social security number on a mail-in ballot. By the way, you could still go to the poll. <laughs> okay? On a mail-in ballot is just like literacy tests and poll taxes. Well, the poll's too far away. Nate. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what problem. it is. Everyone knows <laughs> it's easier added, to go somewhere than to mail something. No even one though they actually added mail additional anything. hours and additional polls. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's insanity. And that's, Absolute insanity. This is the insane... The, you know, I'm, we're talking to Monica Perez from the Propaganda Report, and I'm excited to talk about the idea of propaganda because that's the people are just taking this as, as if it's been etched in stone for them that this, this, is, this is people trying to take away your right to vote. This is just like Jim Crow. This is the new Jim Crow. We need a Selma-style march because putting down the last four of your Social Security number on a mail-in ballot is too restrictive mm -hmm. just look at how off the deep end these people are going it's insane man and that's why that would have been part of dumb bleep of the week but i don't know what we're doing on friday yeah we we'll had see. to cover we had to cover it yeah anyway y'all let us know what you think if you like today's show and jeff's bezos then please hit that subscribe button or follow button on apple Podcasts and spotify or anywhere else that you're listening share it with a friend with a foe with an astronaut and the children and leave us a rating and review if you guys do all of those things we will hopefully be back tomorrow we are going to absolutely have some podcasts out but we'll have to see what's what it's like to do a live show um tomorrow so we'll let you know from south dakota south dakota i'm glad it's summertime 
It's gonna you it's know, gonna be like ninety seven. I saw South. I was like South Dakota. That's gotta be nice and cool, just yeah. perfect. You know, that'll be nice. Nope, ninety seven. <laughs> while it's, we're there, and it's like eighty here. <laughs> I mean, this is why we need. This is why we need yeah. a climate change. Probably got hotter yeah. because of Jeff's rocket. Yeah, just went up. That actually, that's what the heat they were projecting. What the heat was from. But this is why we need new legislation right. to combat climate change. It's gonna be ninety seven in South Dakota. That's right. So. All right, if you guys do all those things, we'll hopefully be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.